0: hostile worlds. Oh, that was a good one. Right, stick with that. Alright, what's that tagline Matthew's been trying to shoehorn in? The podcast that takes you to places you'd die to see, and places you'd die if you saw. Yeah, not sold either, pal. Anyway, different out. now. Right, radio on. Uh, already is, we're live. Hey folks, hope you enjoyed the visit to Titan. Don't think I'll forget that view over Kraken Maddie in a hurry. Saying that, there's not much hurry right now. The world that's been hostile to me at the moment you see is deep space. Matthews sent me out in the tardigrade shuttle to test out the engines, and it's a bit quietly hostile to be fair. More black, silent, almost peaceful, but hey, if the ship sprung a leak I'd be in deep trouble. You ever wondered what would happen if you were dumped out of a spaceship's airlock without a spacesuit? Well, it's pretty dramatic. Matthew talked about our ship's namesake, the Tardigrade, back in episode 1, and the fact that it's the only Earthling that we know that survived in open space, but the problem is I'm a lot more fragile than our wee water bears. We'll hear more about it in gruesome detail a bit later. Anyway, let's get in touch with our favourite captain first. Need to remember my formal radio communication etiquette. What is that again? Alright Beardy, you there?
1: Hey, me?
0: (laughs) Who else is on the space radio like? suppose Tim Peake might have nicked the ISS and steered out of Saturn though. You see him?
1: Not yet. Last I saw him he was reading the bedtime story on CBBS From space. There's something worth spending millions launching a man into orbit for. Hey, don't knock it.
0: Beats washing my missus drooling over Tom Hardy on there. Again. Anyway, how's the engine test looking?
1: Aye, good. You're up to .4C
0: now. Look at you, a couple of weeks in space and you're getting all scientific. You better tell everyone what that means.
1: Alright, alright. Uh, C's the letter they use in physics to mean the speed of light. So 0.4c just means 0.4 times or 40% of the speed of light. Alright, your first test as space captain. What's the speed of light then? Um, starts with three, three gazillion miles per hour. <laughs> Sarah, you there? Help him out
2: course. Hello yeah, It's in um, metres per second, normally, fearless leader, and it's three times ten to the eight.
1: What? Times to the what?
2: Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's, um, it's one of those things scientists do to make themselves sound clever. <laughs> they make obvious things far more complicated than they need to be. So ten to the eight just means ten multiplied by itself eight times. So ten times 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 ten. Times 10, times 10. And if you're not a smart ass, that means one hundred million. So three times ten to the eight means three hundred million. Now, to be fair, in space there they're often working with proper huge numbers and but it's suddenly a bit more useful. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you know how to say 10 to the 18, for example?
1: Um, a bazillion. Yeah,
2: close enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to talk about really massive numbers like that one, isn't it? Which is the width of the Milky Way in kilometres, in case you're wondering. I'm not sure your analogy from a few weeks back about tennis balls and cars can stretch to that scale. Alright, enough numbers.
1: <laughs> it's hurting my head. Colin, what's up? Are you calling for a reason? Yeah, I was just
0: contemplating my own mortality. A mere sheet of titanium between me and deep space oblivion.
1: Oh aye, I looked into that like you asked. Fantastic.
0: Alright, tell me what awaits if I took a wee alfresco wander outside.
1: (laughs) Aye, it's pretty cool. Well, not if it actually happens, obviously, but... Anyway, say your ship suddenly disappeared around you. What, yours? Eh, aye.
2: Don't worry. I've checked for holes.
1: Okay, so you're dropped into deep space. First thing we notice is that there's no pressure. At home, we're surrounded by air. It's squashing us on all sides, even though we can't feel it. But out there, there's literally nothing, so pressure is zero. That means, through some fancy physics, that the boiling point of liquids drops right down.
2: Oh, yeah, like you can boil water at something around 80 degrees at the top of Everest because the air pressure is so low.
1: Aye, and out there it's non-existent. So it happens that blood's boiling point drops below 37 degrees C, which is the temperature of your body.
0: Great, so my blood's gonna boil, literally.
1: Well, no, not technically, but I know what you mean. That's where the films get a bit wrong sometimes. But yeah, gas bubbles form in your blood.
2: Oh, yuck.
1: (laughs) You don't know the half of it, Sarah. Check this out. Colin, I'm sending a video to your screen. Cool. I think.
0: My, oh, my. What a glorious day in space. Or night. I can't tell, really. Never mind. What a wonderful time to be alive. You've been playing with that new Adobe voice simulator, haven't you, Matthew? That
1: is not how I speak. I
2: don't know. Sounds about right. It's got the look right, too. Hey, how'd you make this, Matthew?
1: Just in the holodeck.
2: The what?
1: It's easy. Tell the computer what you want and it does it.
2: We have a (laughs) holodeck.
1: Let's save a few things for later. Watch. Ah, by Jove. Certainly as a grand
0: old lark, this space (laughs) travel- Ah! By
2: Jove! My hair! Sweet mercy! Whoa, ah, the whole bulkhead's gone.
1: Yeah, catastrophic uh, ship failure, I suppose. All right, this isn't pretty.
2: Colin, you're, you're getting huge.
1: Yeah, that happens because of the air bubbles in your blood. See, you've ballooned up to double your size, like an exotic doll whose owners got a bit overexcited with the pump.
2: <sighs> Dear, I, I never thought I'd see you looking fat, Colin. Be honest.
0: Tears. I think I prefer the iron and scotch pie method.
1: Aye, at least you die on a sugar rush. Don't worry though, you'll only be in intense excruciating pain for about 15 seconds. At that point you run out of oxygen and pass out. Nah,
0: I can hold my breath way longer than that.
1: No, that's a bad idea. Because there's no air pressure, the air in your lungs keeps expanding, inflating them right up and... (laughs) Yeah, that. Exploding them from the inside
0: balloon body and exploding lungs so
1: far,
2: not so bad then,
1: eh? It gets better. Let me change the simulator settings here. Ah, oh,
2: that's cool. That's cool. Very cool. Hey, what are those, um, coloured beams and, and particles?
1: I've just turned up the wavelength range. That's has seen a lot more of the radiation flying through space now, not just visible light.
2: Oh, right. Like, infrared and stuff, yeah?
1: Aye, the light our eyes sees is just one kind of radiation. Infrared's another, ultraviolet, and then the dangerous stuff that's created in nuclear reactions. Okay. It just so happens our eyes are tuned into one wee band of all radiation types. That's visible light. And all the rest is invisible to us.
2: So that's what the simulation is showing up now?
1: Aye, plenty of it, eh?
2: Woah, no kidding.
1: <laughs> Ow. Space is just filled with this stuff especially close to a star, they blast out loads of it. Wow, yeah,
2: look at it. Amazing.
1: The magnetic field on Earth protects us from a lot of it, sooks it up or bounces it off, but plenty of it gets through too.
2: Yeah, all all visible light I guess, since we can see. And infrared because, well, that's just heat, isn't it?
1: Pretty much, yeah.
2: And ultraviolet, that's what gives us a tan, yeah? I don't know if you've heard of that in, in Scotland but it's, you know, when you go... Ah, never
1: mind. Ah, I remember all the stuff about the hole in the ozone layer when we were kids. That was because the hole was letting through a whole lot more UV. Not very good for us, that.
2: Of course. So, in space, no atmosphere, no ozone, it all just crashes into you.
1: Bullseye. Or, rather, Colin is. Take a look. Those beams, actually. Particles, but... We're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now, they're just lighting him right up. Now that he's outside, unprotected, they're ripping into his body. X-rays, gamma rays and stuff like that.
0: Yes, I'm going to be the Hulk. (laughs)
1: It'll definitely be his size, but no muscle, all bubbles. You're not that far off though. The rays fire right through you and cause havoc with your cells, right down to your DNA. Mutation's are plenty. Ah, you wouldn't see anything right away. But in future? Sadly, nothing half as good as hulking up. Pretty much the opposite. Horrible stuff like cancer. High chance you're going to get that bad.
2: Lovely. Lovely, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, to be fair, I'm not sure he's too worried about that, given that he's now an unconscious balloon with no lungs.
1: Thanks. No, the weird thing is, it's possible that someone could survive out there for a minute or two before they kick the bucket, so there's a chance to save them.
2: But if you end up in space, you'll freeze to death in seconds, won't you? <laughs> that's what Guardians of the Galaxy told me anyway. Oh, oh, oh is that what saves him?
1: Hmm? No, again, funny thing. Because it's a vacuum, heat doesn't actually escape from the body very quickly. It just slowly leaks away.
0: Yeah, of course. Back on earth we usually get cold because we're passing heat to something else, eh?
1: Yeah, like touching a cold can of juice
2: the air around us.
0: Or when I get a slap for putting snow down Kate's neck. Hey snow, here's some heat.
2: Sidest. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, in in space there's well there's nothing to transfer it to, is there? Not even air. Just just vacuum. <laughs> yeah, clever, eh?
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> so look at me. Just floating about, dead to the world, to space, and hope you jokers find me within a couple of minutes.
1: Aye, a needle in a solar system-sized haystack. Joy.
2: Oh, don't worry. You'll be massive and green. You'll stand out.
1: Not the Hulk.
0: <laughs> oh, aye. And then we've got to somehow fix my lungs, unballoon me, and, oh yeah,
2: only we'll cure cancer. Yeah, no bother, eh? <sighs> we'll just get Dr. Fong on from that astronaut show, huh? He knows how to fix space death. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I'd mind spending a year stuck on a spaceship with him, either.
0: Okay, okay. Enough space fantasies. I think I'm ready to be distracted from my quick and painful death. Reckon the engines have warmed up enough now?
1: Aye. Fancy push now?
0: Yep. If we're going to buzz that black hole that we're planning, I want to know this bad boy's got the power to escape. It will. Well, I want to test out these relativistic capers and start living longer, too.
2: Wait, wait, wait. wait. Is this seriously... Going to slow down time.
1: If that mad haired Austrian was right, yeah. That's not all, say that. Wait and see.
0: Einstein discovered some mental stuff when he started figuring out relativity.
1: Great.
2: What like?
0: Well, put it this way you could take a trip to another star over a few years, come back, and end up younger than your kids. And that isn't sci fi, that's real physics.
2: <laughs> Crazy. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we're about to be the first people to test out, live on a podcast. In your face,
1: NASA! Right, don't get too cocky. It's the first time we've done this, so there's a decent chance that balloon calling might come true. Ah, be fine. Alrighty, Captain.
0: Scotty's gonna be chaffed, because this time, she does hear a power. Make it so...
1: engage! Calm down, you geek. It takes a while to ramp up. She's more a cruise liner than a Ferrari. Ah, jeez. Star Trek always lies.
0: This was Hostile Worlds, a podcast created and presented by The Podcast Host. Find out more about their coaching and production services at thepodcasthost.com. Voices in this episode were provided by Matthew McLean, Sarah Golding and me, Colin Gray. If this is your first time listening, thanks for giving us a shot. Please do subscribe by searching Hostile Worlds on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like the show, pop us a wee review in the same place. i love you forever. If you've got any suggestions on where we should take the third grade next, get in touch on Twitter at hostileworldshq. I'll see you on the next adventure, where I may or may not die a grisly death in space. But hey, I suppose it'd probably be a podcast first.